do not take it for granted, the blessings, the mercy, the help from above and the protection and all your wonderful works that have made us see yet another Sunday. We acknowledge, Lord, that so many people saw last week, but they are not around today. We make no mockery of any of such incident, but we've come to bow our hearts and our mind to the King of glory, our provider, our healer, our strengthener, the Lord who watches over us, the Lord who is our keeper. We exalt and enthrone you, O God. Be thou exalted once again in the name of Jesus. This morning we ask, O God, as we've come, minister your word to us. Teach us. Help us. Show us what we need to know. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout a louder, Amen. Amen. You may please be seated. Glory be to God. I want to welcome you all to service this morning. And um, I know it's going to be another great time, great encounter in His presence again today. As we go deeper on the subject of fulfilling purpose. Now, I'll need to say this, that the Word of God is God's greatest gift to us. So it should never be trivialized. As Christians, one of the things I have come to realize is that for most of us as Christians, we undermine the power of the Word of God. We do not know the power that the Word of God carries enough. So, um, when the Word of God is coming to us, most of us do not pay the necessary attention. Sometimes we don't open our heart. And uh, we are looking for something different from the Word. Now, you know, when you see a young man in medical school, it's called a jambite. His first day in medical school, he may even be struggling to fill the form. He may not know how to even go about submitting his course. He may not even, he may be confused about a lot of things, not even know head or tail. He may not even be able to know the anatomy of a lizard or that of a cockroach or a frog, talk less of a human being. When you ask him that, oh, um, where, what is the position of the bladder? He may not know. And he's so confused. But this same young man, just by sitting down in a class for a period of years, will be able to open a living human being, do what he needs to do inside that human being, close the human being up, the human being stands up, and continue to do what he wants to do. I was able to do that. Is the power of the word that by sitting down before a man, hearing and receiving word, putting those words to practice, his life is able to change from someone who cannot even open a lizard to someone who can open a human being and do all sorts of things. That is how powerful the word is. The same thing when you come to church, when we are in the house of the Lord, you see the greatest part of the out of the entire session is this part that when you your heart is open to receive the word of god if you will have a sincere heart to receive that word the engrafted word into your life not just to be a hearer to, but a doer there is no way your life will not be changed there is no way your life will not be transformed there is no way there will not be another level in your life so i pray today that as the word of god is coming to you and i the transforming power of God's word will come to you also in the name of Jesus. 
Can I have an amen? amen? Now, I've been sharing on the important subject of fulfilling purpose. Fulfilling purpose. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 14. And um, we'll read. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. May you never be damned good for nothing. May it never be said of you that you are good for nothing. Amen. Say it is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Verse 16 then says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven let your light so shine before all men now in this series i have defined the word purpose and i've told us in time about what the word purpose stands for and i would just like to say it again when we talk about purpose purpose simply means the reason for which something or someone exists the reason why something is created or why something exists or something or someone exists, that is the purpose. So, for instance, a knife has a reason why it is created. Now, if a knife can no longer cut anything, it can just, it can, you can't call it a knife anymore. You can even call it a iron or throw it away. Why? Because the reason for the design the reason why that knife or that knife has been created the reason for his design the reason why is created the why it exists is no longer fulfilling it you carry shovel to want to pack sand but now this shovel cannot even pack any sand and you look at it you are like that no eventually you what we do to such thing is that we throw them away right we throw them away because it's not fulfilling its purpose. If you use a spoon to pack food, but each time you pack the food, the, everything you use the spoon for comes out of the spoon. So a spoon that cannot hold anything, I'm sure that week, that spoon will leave your house. Do you agree with me? Because that spoon is designed to help pack food from whatever thing into our mouth. When you take a fork also, and you want to use a fork to pin maybe any object to put in your mouth, but each time you try, the fork is not able to penetrate into any object. You try, but the fork cannot even hold on to anything. I'm sure within one or two days, that fork will also leave our house. So the same thing as human beings. Oftentimes, we live our life without asking ourselves that main question. Why did God create us? Why are we here? What is the purpose of God for our life? You see, frustration begins in the life of a man who has forgotten why God created him or her. Frustration sets in where we lose sight of our purpose. Because God did not just create us just to begin to roam around this earth for nothing's sake. God did not create us just to stand here and beautify the earth. God has a design in mind. He has a purpose in our life. And in this series, what we are doing is to remind ourselves, why are we here? Why do we exist? Why did God create you? Why did God create me? Are you fulfilling your purpose in the hand of your maker? 
Are you fulfilling the reason why God put you here? Or you have forgotten why you are here? You know, when you see man or a woman who forgot or who have never asked that question of why he or she is on this earth, the way they live their life is very different. Because they just wake up every morning, go about all that they want to do, and they will say one day they will just die and go. But that is not why God created us. Now, the two main purpose I keep narrowing down today, what, what I want to explain to you why we are here, is that we are created to love and glorify God. The major purpose with which God created us, last week I told us honor, fear, but now I'm even simplifying it. Two major purposes you must fulfill in your life is we are created, you and I are created to love God and to bring glory to his name. When people look at you, they should, you should remind them of who God is. Because the Bible says that God created us in his image and his likeness. Your life, my life, everything you do in your business, in your marriage, in your home, in your career, should express two things. One, that you love God. Number two, that you are glorifying his name. Mark chapter 12 verse 36. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Mark 12, 30. Thou shalt love. Thou shalt love. It is a commandment. This is why you exist. He created you to love him. The God cannot love God. The sheep cannot love God. The rat cannot love God. The cat cannot love God. Only human being has been saddled with the purpose of loving God. Loving God. Loving God. This is why we are different from other animals. Now, when you love yourself without loving God, then you have reduced your life to that of a goat. Because even a goat loves itself. When you love your children without loving God, haven't you seen even a chicken doing that? When a chicken or a hen gives birth to the little chicks, don't you see how protective they have been? That when you try to move them, what do you think the hen does? She, she risks her life to attack you because of the little chicks. So it is not only human being that is protective of their children. But you see, a human being that does not love God and loves every other thing but the maker has only reduced his or her life to that of an animal. An animal because every animal, I've seen dog trying to bite people when they give birth because they are their puppies are very precious to them. So living your life to love material things, love your car, love your job, and you don't love God, is you have, you have actually started or you have totally misplaced or missed your purpose. Let's look at another scripture, Malachi chapter 2 verse 2. If you will not hear and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto is my name, saith the Lord of hosts. I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Look at it. He said, if you, will don't, if you don't lay it to heart, to give glory to my name. In other words, to give praises to my name. When you woke up this morning, did you say thank you to God for another day? When you look at where you are today, did you remember to say thank you to God for the level you are? Say, so if you don't lay it to art to give glory to my name, if you don't lay it to art to give honor to my name, he said, 
in his words, as said the Lord, I will even send a curse upon you. I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. In other words, you are living your life just to glorify your name. You want to make a name for yourself. And God says, you are, such a person is walking on the path of course. I pray today that if there be anyone who is walking on the path of course, may the blessing of the Lord and all such causes in the name of Jesus. Now, every great thing will have its own hindrances or barrier. What are the orders to fulfilling our purpose? The orders to fulfill our purpose. What are the barriers, the hindrances that keeps us from fulfilling our purpose as human beings, as children of God, as people who God has paid the price to love and to cherish? Number one is the wrong mindset. A wrong mindset. You see, the devil's greatest power is not witchcraft or occultism. The, great, the devil's greatest power is not juju to turn rat to cat. Actually, the devil's greatest power is in deception. That is the first, the most powerful thing the devil knows how to do. To deceive. To deceive. In the Garden of Eden, he didn't come there with any charm or any sacrifice. He did not come to the Garden of Eden with any juju per se. He only came into that Garden of Eden to attack the way they think. To attack their mindset. To make them reason in a certain way. That was the whole problem of man started when man, the devil was able to change the way man thinks in, and make him think in another way. So God said, don't eat this. By the time the devil finished talking, without saying, without any powerful thing as it may, all he did was just to talk. He only spoke to Adam and Eve, if and Eve precisely. She, he got the woman and began, hey, madam, how are you? How is everything? How is everything? And before you know it, uh -uh, Alpha, what are you doing in this market? Oh, I came to pluck some vegetables for my husband, you know. Ah, what about that uh, one over there? Don't you think it's a nice fruit? Said, oh, yeah, it's a nice fruit, but you know, God said we should not go there. Eh? You may say, God said you make you not go there. Why? Why did God say go to... You should not go there. Then the woman responded because you see, when the day we go there, the Bible, God said that we are going to die. He said, Die, okay. Ah, ah, die. Take him easy. You, this Christian, you have come. You see, oftentimes, most of us take the words of people for granted in our lives. In fact, let me say this to you when God wants to bless you, He sends people that can speak to your life. And when the devil also wants to destroy you, you also send people that can destroy your life with words. It is words that make, it is words that mark. You, you are in church this morning hearing words, but that's one of the God's greatest gifts for your life. You see, the devil knows how to surround a man or a woman of destiny just with the wrong association of people that talk in a certain way. By getting people around your life that talk in a certain way, you will see that your life will change into a particular cause or another cause. You see, the woman naturally would not have thought of eating that food or that tree or, or the fruit of that tree. But by just engaging in a conversation with the serpent, a life made a U-turn. And do you know what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3? That when she looked at the tree again, by the time the devil finished talking and conversing with her, she looked at the same fruit and the Bible said, she felt that, no, this is a good fruit. 
to be desired to make one wise. Our desire was not for the fruit that the enemy, that the Lord said, don't ever go there. Look at your life and my life today. If you want to fulfill your purpose, you must ask yourself, is there any way the devil has deceived me? You know, and didn't, let me say this. Eve never knew she was deceived. She just felt she was doing the right thing. One of the greatest power of deception is for you to be doing the wrong thing and still think that you are doing the right thing. Most of us today, God is not happy with us anymore. But we don't know. We don't care to know. You've, you see, because the devil will tell you that you don't really need to find out whether God is ever happy with you. As long as your business is going well, as long as your money, you are making money, as long as your husband loves you, as long as your wife loves you, as long as your life is okay. Some of us have never even asked, Lord, are you really happy with me? Am I making you happy? Because when we come before God, do you know what we pray for? Me, myself, and I. It's all about us. And God keeps looking. Say, is this why I created you? Is somebody with me? Let's look at what the Bible says about what about how our heart should be. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, above your business. Above, above everything you do in this world, what should you do? Guard your heart. Most of us have guarded our business, but we left our heart open. Most of us have put gates in our, in our, in our, in our, in our, with our money. You've guarded your money now. When you have the money, you take it to bank. But hey, listen to me. Is your heart guarded? Have you guarded your heart? Because the Bible said that everything you do flows from your heart. Let me say this to you. You see, your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you want to know the direction your life is facing now, check what you think about every day. That is the direction your life is facing. Our life moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Pay attention to what is going on in your heart right now. Pay attention to what is going on in your mind right now. Because that shows the direction that your life is facing. Until you think right, you cannot act right. Until you think, until you think right... Your action cannot be right. So the way I put it is when the thinking is right, the action will be right. So if you are, instead of asking, Lord, what do I need to do? I think the right question you should ask is, Lord, what thought is producing these results in my life? Because the results you are seeing right now in your life, in your finances, in your marriage, in any area of your life, is something that is producing it. And do you know what is producing that result? Your thoughts. Every result you are seeing right now, your finances, in your marriage, in your career, the level you are is directly proportional to the level of your thoughts. It's your thoughts. All out of your heart flows. 
So if you want to know what is going on in your life, check what you are seeing around you. It tells you the state of your heart. You cannot be successful in your heart and be a failure on the outside. Where you spend your money is because of the way you are thinking. Things you buy with your money is because of the way you are thinking. Your thought pattern shows even if it shows is your action and everything you see is a result of what you are going through. If you have never bought a book, for instance, this year, now you've bought plenty meat, you have bought plenty fish, you have bought plenty pomo, you bought the uh, goosey, you bought the okoroko, is because in your heart, in your heart, what is there is food. It's food. So when you do it until you refine your mind to know the importance of knowledge, if they if you have ten thousand naira now, I bet you you will still back go straight to Yaluku's place. I say, you know, God don't butter my bread. Give me shaki, give me a dog, give me arena, give me pala. Oh, this one, you know, I don't want to you know. I want that one. And before you know it, the entire money finished. And do you know what? If when people want to decide, they say, Oguayen. You know, it's amazing how we easily glorify the devil and undermine the power of our thoughts. The devil is not stronger than your thoughts. In fact, the devil is using you against you. Because the devil did not hold Eve's hands to go and pick the fruit. He only held on to Eve's thoughts. And Eve went to go and pick the fruit. So the real battle of life is in our mind. It's our thoughts. The real Ogwanye is the father. He, he sits in your mind and he knows that your heart will take hold of your hand. Do you realize that he never forced Eve to take anything? But Eve was doing what the devil wants. In fact, that is how you should begin to see the, the battle of life. The devil will never hold you. When the devil wants to attack you, he will use you to attack you. That is how it works. He uses you to attack you because when you look at all that you have been doing, you realize that the devil, you have never seen the devil holding your hand, but how come you are doing what you are doing? Because he has made you to start thinking in a certain way. So when you change your thinking, you change the direction of your life. Praise God. I was away during the week for a retreat. I know as I was there with my people, you know, normally when we go for a retreat before, the first thing we try to do is just to begin to pray, 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 pray. So I told the people, I said, no, this retreat, we are, we are going to pray. In fact, we spent hours praying the last day. But the first few days we were there, we were actually working on our mind. And I said to the people, if you can get our mind right, what we'll do will be right. Fruit don't lie. So you see us listening to messages, reading for, from morning till night, reading, then we'll go and just pray about what we have read. Then we'll spend hours discussing, 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 discussing. Because I have come to realize, by the time you pray about something, one, two, three, four times, and the thing is not changing, check the way you are thinking. Because God will answer the prayer he has provided for you. But if the guy does not change the way he thinks, when he still has the same money, he will still do the same thing that is making him poor. If God like giving one million, if his mind does not change, he, whatever made him start to, from one million to zero naira before, if he has another breakthrough, what do you think he will do? He will still spend the money in that same direction. So you realize that it's not more money he needs. 
It's just more thinking that it needs. Is something working on your mind today? So the battlefield is our mind. You cannot fulfill your purpose in the hand of God without first addressing your mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 says, For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, in this context, what is stronghold? It says, casting down imagination. Imagination means image formation. You know what? There is something in, in our mind that forms picture. There is something in our mind that forms picture. How do you see yourself? How do, where do you see yourself in the next five years? You see, where do you see yourself in the next two years? Imagination. You see, the Bible says that. So you must work on the engine of your heart. What is it that is producing that image? Your life cannot be better than how you see yourself. Is somebody with me today? So until the devil gets you to think wrongly, it cannot get you to act wrongly. Until the devil can get you to think wrongly, it cannot get you to act wrongly. Until the devil can get you to think wrongly, it cannot get you to act what? Wrongly. You know, there is a story in the book of Acts chapter 10. When I read that story again yesterday, I looked at the house, how the devil has robbed so many people of their destiny. The name of this pastor is Pastor Peter. Pastor Peter just had preached a sermon. Over 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. He preached another one. 5,000 people. The church is doing well. And Almighty God himself came in Acts chapter 10. This Pastor Peter was hungry. And Almighty God came and met him. And brought down food from heaven. I'm telling you how people are with the power of our thoughts. And in Acts chapter 10, God brought down the food for this Pastor Peter. And in verse 9 of Acts chapter 10, the Bible says that God told him, Hey, Peter, rise up, kill, eat this food. And Peter said, Lie, lie. I cannot eat it, Lord. And God said, No, I am your God. I'm the one that is telling you, eat this food. And Peter said, no, since they've burned me, they've told me that we Jews should never eat this kind of food. So, oh God, <laughs> I will not eat it. And God said, ah, oh boy, what did they do you? I am God, though. And I'm telling you that this thing <laughs> is God. Like, Even though you are God, I will eat it. I will eat it. You see, of a truth, God told them not to eat the food before. But God is now telling them, this is how to do something new. This is a new thing I want to do. I'm the one that said, not eat. But I'm not telling you eat. Do you know that? The guy said, he won't eat. Three times, God brought the food. He refused. He refused. That is where you realize that faith comes by hearing. But breakthrough comes by doing. You can be hearing God's word. But until you begin to do the word, you can't see your breakthrough. Growth comes by doing, not by hearing. Most of us have been hearing this word, hearing this word. Just like Peter now, what they have told us, some of us from childhood about church, is still what you are following till now. I remember when uh, transfer came. 
Some people say, like, like me, I can never give my offering by transfer. Me, give offering by transfer. No, it's cash. I must feel the money I'm going to give. I heard someone say, ah, ah, churches are now carrying POS around. Hey, POS inside the house of God. You will now swipe your card as offering. Like, 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 like. Me, cash. But you look at this person. What, what, what is the bottom line of your giving? Do you know some people cannot swipe card to give offering by POS? Because they believe that it's not original. You know. <laughs> Are you like that? Is somebody with me today? But you see, God had to tell Peter, you know what? Well, this matter is for another day. There are some people waiting for you outside. Just follow them. I want you to go and preach there. Don't ask them any question. Just follow them. Because see, God was about to do something new in his life. But his mind was resisting the move of God for that season of his life. His mind was fighting. He was used to God, the, the view of God in a certain way. Today, what I want to ask you is that how do you see, how do you view God? What is your picture of God? How do you see yourself? How do you see God? Amen. Now, let's look at some of the thoughts that uh, most of us have not been thinking. Let's, let me ask you, what is your view of eternity? Do you think of eternity? Do you realize that right now, one of the things the devil has done is that we wake up every morning and think that we will always have tomorrow. Most of us don't think about eternity. We live our life as though everything is on this earth. And yet, every day, people are passing on to eternity. Most of us have never thought about the fact that, do I really have hope if I die? Yet, the word of God is there, showing you and I that, Death is not the ultimate. The, there is life after death. Yet, we don't think about death. Last Sunday, whilst I was preaching here, by the time I finished, I received a call from my father-in-law. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law, um, his own father-in-law, was dressing up just last Sunday for service. Was dressing up. He was at a party on Saturday. He got some money. Alright, so the wife had gone to Ellie's first service in her own church. He was dressing up. His son was asking him, Daddy, um, oh yeah, give me my own offering. Daddy, give me my this. And instantly, whilst he was trying to stretch the money to his son, just last Sunday, alright, he just felt something pass through his heart. And he could not lift that money anymore. So he told the son, go and call your mommy now, 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 go and call your mommy now. By the time the mommy will be rushed from church, down the man was unconscious before they carried him to the hospital he died now he was at a party on saturday he slept in his house preparing to go to church the next day the son that was with him was just asking daddy offering daddy offering but didn't know that five minutes to go he will be out of this world but he never, I, I would not say he didn't think because I was not in, in that situation. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, one of the things the daughter said was that I did not have time to actually take care of my daddy. I didn't have time to say goodbye. And I was telling her, you know, now, this is one of the most painful things. It's even better if the man was sick before and begins maybe the children have opportunity. Both the wife that went to church and the other one 
perhaps none of them will ever know that that day was going to be the last day of that man. And you know, everything ends the day you go. And you know, eternity is so short. Eternity, eh? A man who gave his life to Christ was sharing how he gave his life to Christ. He was in university. They went to a party the day before. And um, he came. Then left his friend, left his friend to go home to go and pick something at the hostel. Uh, all right. Uh, no, him and his friend were supposed to go to a party, right? So he decided to go home. The friend went to the club. Then, whilst he was at home, he said that all of a sudden he saw his own body come out of his, his, his spirit came out of his own body. Then the Lord took him to just go to hell. Then he saw his friend who he left in the hostel in hell calling his name, crying, and saying, Lord, what is he doing here? He said, he's dead. He said, no, he's not dead. We just left some few minutes ago, like one hour or two hours ago. I came to pick something to go back to school. He said, no, your friend is in hell. He did not believe what he saw, and he came back to his own body. He rushed to school to find out whether it was true or not. And do you know what? By the time he got to school, he heard of the truth that the friend died in an accident on his way from the back from club. So within three hours, somebody that was on this earth thinking of going to club, somebody who was doing, oh, ah, hey, oh, within three hours, we, ah, he died, he had an accident. Within 30 seconds, 30 minutes or whatever, his script has been finished. He was in hell for eternity. And you know, there is no repentance in hell. Won't anybody not enter? No, no. No record again. It was, and if that man said he never thought that that is the reality of life, the question today I want to ask you, even as you are in church today, is have you thought about eternity? You see, that is why the Bible said that one of the greatest good you can always do for yourself is to attend burial than attend birthday. Because it will help you to know that life is not as big as we all have been deceived by the devil into thinking. Oh, you we owed everything so dear. I will never talk to him in my life. This one, I will never forgive this person in my life. This ah, once you cross, there is no repentance in the grave. Don't live your life without thinking about eternity. Let's look at some scripture that the Bible talks about eternity. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Look at what it said. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear, whether you will like it or not, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. So you will appear to, to receive the things we have done in our body according to that he had done, whether be it good or bad. Have you thought about it recently that there is a judgment seat waiting for you and I? Suppose so that we must all Say with me, we must all. Whether you are prepared or not, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what we have done in this body. The question is, are you prepared for it? Let me even shock you with some other scriptures to think about our purpose as human beings. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10. Give it to me, please. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Let's read it. 
and the devil that deceived them. I told you that's one of, one of the things he knows how to do. Deception. You see, he didn't say the devil that charmed them, that used juju for them. Because most of us, we even fear witches than deception now. Right? We think that the greatest thing is, the greatest arrow is this arrow of sickness. But look at it. He said, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great. Pause and think about that. But I thought they were dead. You see that, when you think about our purpose in life, death does not end it. That's why I pity those who commit suicide. You can only end this flesh, but actually you have transitioned to eternity where there is no more time. There is nothing called four o'clock in eternity. They don't use watch there anymore. We only use watch on this earth. In eternity, there is no wristwatch. Everything is just blank forever. No, nothing like day or night there. One weather, in case we do, you don't know. There is not going to be day or night in eternity. When people cross over to eternity, there is nothing like we, are, we want to sleep, we want to wake up, and what's the time? It's 4 o'clock. No. All that one is on this earth. Eternity has no wristwatch. Eternity has no time. That is why it's called eternity. Now look at what the Bible says. It said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So those of us who are too busy to stand before God every day, there's a time you will have no choice but to stand before him. You will not pray because you are too busy to go to work. You will not have time to even spend 15 minutes before God every morning. Well, that same God you think you are running away from, in eternity you will look at him eyeball to eyeball. Are you prepared for the day you will stand to look at God face to face? I never thought about that. You will not look at him on this earth. But there's a day you will stand like this. And he will look at you. And you will look at him. When you see the face of God. That day what will you say you have done with your life? The truth is whether we are prepared for it or not. That day is coming. Because that is what he has created us for. Our flesh. This body. Is a gift from God to fulfill our purpose. Look at it. Let's go deeper. I saw the dead, small and great. Unfortunately, the Bible actually says that not only old people are in heaven, even young people are in heaven. Because I didn't write it. Did you see it there? Small and great, young and old, before the judgment throne of God. So you see, the moment you know you're right from your left, God will hold you accountable. The moment you know what is good or from bad, God will hold you accountable. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Which work? The work they did when they were alive. Oh, Father, you know, I'm a businessman. Uh, you know, because I'm so busy, that's why I live to, be, to build the greatest business empire in the world. But you see, when that business is not glorifying God, when that business is not has turned your heart not to love God, you will also give account. Everything we will give account. 
Is somebody with me this morning? Verse what are we? Verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Are you seeing it again? Verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second day. Verse 15. This is one of the most favorite things. If you are not thinking about this, I don't know what you are thinking of. I'm telling you. If this one is not giving you concern in your life, I, do, I think you have been extremely deceived. Look at verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever. This one should make you think. You know, my wife said something that shocked me one day. She said, what if the lake, because they did a documentary of the sun. And they realized that till date, in fact, when they zoom in on the sun, you could see that the sun is, and the sun is another planet too. But yet nobody can enter the sun. And my wife said, what if the lake of fire has been before our very eyes all these days? And we don't know. What if this sun is the lake of fire? Because if you carry the entire earth and put it inside the sun, there is still enough space. So what? Because this one, everything from every angle of it is fire. What if the lake of fire is this sun we are looking at? And God has put it there to remind us. <laughs> so when you say, hey, there is it. And one day when we appear before him, I say, ah, I want you to look at it. That, is the, that has been the, because the sun is full of fire everywhere. Fire, no water. And it's a planet on its own. There must be something inside that place. Have you thought about it? Have you thought about it? And yet the Bible said that every man, when the name is not just there in that list. I don't, I don't want to get to that place to realize how that place is. But whatever you do with your life, think about that lake of fire. Don't, once you experience it, that means you cannot come out of it. We should remind ourselves of this reality. So, whether you're a businessman, a career man, a housewife, a husband, everything you are doing must prepare you for eternity. But the ticket, you are the one that will cut it to. The ticket, the power is in your hand. Finally, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 to 8. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all that love is appearing. Ah, this is what I'm living for. Oh, this is what you should live for. That crown of glory. That crown of righteousness. When you will see God as God will say, welcome my daughter. Welcome my son. This is your palace. This is your room. May you not live a life that will deprive you of such glory in the name of Jesus. Now, the question I want to ask ourselves is this. What is now the reason for judgment? If this life is your own life, what is, why should God judge us? Have you ever thought about it? You know, when I got married, one of the things that um, gave me joy when I got married was that I could open my pot and 
thick meat, pig meat out of my pot. And you know, I remember one day I picked about three or four meat and I was eating and I was just happy. Because going up, that same thing. Ah, if mama catch you. Now, why will my mother beat me then? Because it was not my pot. It was our pot. So whatever comes or go into that pot must be with authorization. But when I got to my own house, you know, when I ate the meat, ate the meat, and I said, no, it's good to be married. No, 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 no. I was happy. I can imagine something as meat. Ah, poverty is very bad. Poverty is very bad. Because you see, I've always thought of, you know, when we carry one meat in my family, six people are the one that will share the meat. But I ate a whole one meat when I got married inside my pot and it was not a crime. Now, my mother cannot judge me for that. You cannot judge me for that because it is my meat. It is my own pot. It's not called stealing. Do you agree with me? Now, the question then is, if God then says that he will judge every man according to their work for what they have done in the flesh, why should he judge us? Because it is my life. I can do whatever I want with my life. So why are you judging me for the way I live my life? Have you ever thought about it? Because it's unfair for you to be judging me for how I ate the meat in my own pot. Why should you then judge me for the way I live my life? It's my life. It's my time. It's my money. I can do whatever I want with it. Why are you judging me for it? Is that not the question we should ask? No, is that not the question we should ask? Why should God send people to hell for the way they live their life? It's their life. It's their life. God is our life. Why should, if I like, I can do anything with my life. It's my life. So I think God is unfair for judging us. For how we live our life. Don't you think so too? Oh, you are not thinking so. Is it not your life? No, is it not your life? It's your life, right? Yeah. So why should you judge us? For living our life the way we choose to live it. I think that's one of the... I don't know what to call it. Man, it's unfair. I can do whatever I want with my life. Well, if you have thought up like that, you are not far from wrong. You are very near to wrong. Do you know why? Judgment simply means that it was never your life. The deception that the devil has put on our mind is to think it is your time. It is your money. It is your life. Do whatever you want to do with it. If it was yours, then there will not have been reason for judgment in heaven. But because it was not yours, it was never yours, and it will never be yours. Because you did not create it. You only were given to enjoy it. This life, the reason why God is going to hold you and I accountable is because it is not your life. Your time is not your own. God gave it to you. So, this is, if you understand this, you begin to fulfill your purpose in life. To realize that everything you have belongs to God. 
So whatever you are doing, you should have the mindset that you are a manager, not an owner. You are just a manager of this life. You, he gave you for his glory. But in the midst of it, it's like a tap that is giving out water. You are not supposed to con complain of thirst. When we miss our purpose in life, we feel that we cannot, that it's our time. It is our money. It is everything. It's our own. It's not God. But that is a lie of the devil. I pray today that God is delivering you from that lie. Yeah. Say with me, it is not my life. My life belongs to God. It is not my money. My money belongs to God. Say, it is not my body. My body belongs to God. Say with me, I don't own anything. God owns it all. You see, as a Christian, think like this. When you think like this, it will not be difficult for you to do anything for the Lord. So if it is not yours, what then it is? That is why serving God should be your number one aim. Because that is what he created you for. To love him, to bring glory to him through your service. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to live for him. Is somebody with me? So ownership belongs to God. Managerial custody belongs to us. Ownership belongs to God. Managerial custody belongs to God. Belongs to us. We are managers. Now, this is why you must understand this. Salvation is a gift, but eternity with God is a reward. I will say it again. Salvation is a gift. Eternity, either in hell or in heaven, is a reward. It's not going to be a gift. Where you will spend your eternity will never be a gift. I have never read it in any way in the Bible that says, and God gave him the gift to make heaven. Bam. And God gave him the gift to make hell. Bam. No. But there is only one gift God gives us. The gift of salvation to escape the destruction and to also live eternity. Say with me, salvation is a gift. Eternity is a reward. Now, a gift, you don't have to work for it. A reward is something that is given to you as a result of what you have done. Are you with me? A reward is something that is given to you. Is a recompensation. Is something that is given to you as a result of what you have done. So every man has the power to determine eternity. But salvation, God gave you as a gift. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not a work, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Salvation is a gift. But eternity is a reward. Now, when you have that reward mentality, you will pay attention to how you live your life. If somebody that does not go to work cannot expect salary at the end of the month. If I am not working for an organization, I don't expect them to pay me. So what you do with your life is what you, the reward that you will get in eternity. So you cannot say, I will live my life the way I choose and just find myself landing in heaven. Boom. Wherever you find yourself in eternity will be a reward of what you have done on this uh, that is your salary. The question I want to ask today. 
what reward is waiting for you. You can know it. And that's the truth. You will know it. You will know it. You will know it. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. What it says. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as he has, his work shall be. Very simple. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. My reward is with me, to give every man according as he has worked. According as he has when he was on earth. So you see, serving God, my brother, my sister, listen to me. Serving God is not an option. Even when you are not serving him, you are serving something. Serving God is not an option. It's a must. It's a deception to think that you can choose to serve or not. Yeah, you have the choice, but whichever choice you have made now determines the reward that awaits you. Because he said, I am coming to give every man as he has worked. It's not, heaven is not a gift. L is not a gift. It is what? A reward. So you and I must then make up our mind to begin to serve God now. Do you know why God puts us in church family? You know, when he puts you in a church family, the church is a community of people. A community of the children of God. And the, one of the purpose there is it gives you the opportunity to express your your gifts to work for the lord the church gives you that opportunity to to end to determine what you will be paid by god every blessing you enjoy will be a reward committed to God your account is being credited already is it you realize that why is it that people we find it easy to work for man work for money but working for God becomes so hard because that is the reward for eternity and the devil Bible said that deceived them deceived them from what from serving God from living for God he deceived them to say that you are okay when you just work for money you are okay when you do all this but you know Serving God, you don't need it. You can you make heaven without doing anything is a lie. You will make heaven by reward. The question is, are you serving God? Let's think about eternity. This is our purpose. Now, you know, money, time, energy, everything. You are from your head to your toe. All 100% belongs to God. I will want to just read one scripture. There's a young ruler that came to Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 20. And um, he said to Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to serve you all my life. And Jesus looked at him and said, well, there is one thing that you lack. When he looked at him. And he said, go and sell everything that you have. And come and follow me. Go and follow. He says, sell everything. Give the money to the poor. And come back and follow me. And do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in, um, <laughs> somewhere in verse 25, thereabouts, 
No, verse 22, he said, and, was sad, and he was sad, verse 22, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved. For he had great possessions. Money now having. He thought he had money, but money has had it. The word grief there, let me tell you to really know, is the same word that was used for the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter, somewhere in Matthew chapter 20, uh, Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus entered into the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says that, and he, Matthew 26, verse 37, and that Jesus was in great sorrow when his sweat turned to blood. The same Greek word that the Bible said that this man was so sorrowful was the same Greek word they used that when Jesus was also in that garden being sold. Why was he was so sad? Is there no other way? Because he thought he, he had them. He is the, he, the things he had in this world was too much to live to serve God. And Jesus said one statement. Some of you must have heard this statement before. And he said, look at what Jesus said. He said, it is much more easier to, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Hmm? Verse 25. Than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Then big Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed you. Isn't that? And he explained to them, he said, it is much more easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who trusts in riches. Now, do you, you may want to ask, what does that camel passing through the eye of a needle mean? It means that the camel does not have ownership mentality. They can't have what they call stewardship mentality. I belong to my owner. So anywhere my owner leads me, I will do what? Follow. So even if the, my owner wants me to pass through this eye of a needle, um, I will, if that is what he wants for me, I will do what? Follow him through there. But if you own yourself, and they say pass through the eye of a needle, what do you say? So you can have that mentality of you own it or God owns it. And Jesus said, there is no one who have left everything to follow me that will not have it first in this world. But you must trust me enough to let go of everything to follow me. The question is today for you, what is it that is taking your time and preventing you from serving God? Every one of us, like this rich man, the devil will set us up with something that will make you too busy to serve God. Make you feel you always have time to serve him. The greatest deception is every one of us will think that, oh, I, will, I can always serve him tomorrow. I can always serve him. So let me just give me more time. I will serve him. But like I told you, you see, look at that, my, uh, my in-law's in-law. <laughs> let me put it that way. I don't know what the English was. It was just there, dressing up for service just last Sunday. I mean, I didn't. I was just talking about reality of eternity. Not knowing that my in-law, in-law, he said, and he just wanted to give his son money. Oh, money. And daddy, you did give him money. And boom, his heart cut off. Boom, he slumped. Boom, he has passed to glory. Never had another opportunity. Maybe he could have done more. I don't know. God is the judge. But don't let eternity catch you unaware. That is my advice. Live every day with the consciousness that what if tomorrow is my last day? What would I do? Do it now. Start it now. Start it now. Now, let me, show, let me say this as I round up. 
Even the Lord Jesus struggled at a point to do what God wanted him to do. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, in um, Matthew chapter 26, the Bible said that he began to sorrow. I said, Lord, let this cup pass over me. The only time we heard that Jesus struggled with God was when it comes to fulfilling the purpose of God for his life. And finally, on the sweat ceased when Jesus also released his life to say, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, do it. Let my will, be, your will be done in my life. You two must get to that point in your life. You pray, Lord, let your will be done in my life. You see, the struggle in your spirits is because, you know, even the Lord Jesus, he has disciples now. He has fame now. He has chariots now. He was no longer the carpenter. So now, he has a lot of things. So to even go and die on the cross became difficult for him. Listen, if you don't fight, if you don't fight, you may live and die without ever serving God with your life. To serve God requires a fight. The devil will not easily let you go. If Jesus had to sweat in that garden to be able to serve God, don't think you will just sit down and wake up and one morning you now want to start serving God. That day will never come. You have to rise up and fight. Give it a fight. Give it a fight. Tell yourself you will not live for money. You will not live for career alone. You will live to serve God. Give it a fight. It will never be easy to serve God. You have to fight for it. See, this world is full of nice things that wants to keep us busy. TV alone can keep you from serving God. Social media alone can keep you from serving God. Career alone can keep you from serving God. There are always things that will come between you and God. If Jesus had to struggle within three years, I said, oh, I know one go this cross. Oh, I know one go this cross. Baba God, he said, is there no other way we can go about it? And he was sweating. He was sweating. He was sweating. And God said, no. Do what I want you to do. If Jesus can struggle before he now said, I let go, here I am. You too, that struggle you are going through right now is not peculiar to you. You have to decide enough is enough. It's time to start serving God. Now, let me say this to you. Not every one of you has to climb the pulpit like this and serve God. Where do you start? Not everybody has to be a pastor to serve God. No. Not everybody has to wear suit and tie like this. That is where some of us are getting it wrong. To serve God. No. Not everybody has to be in the choir in the church to serve God. Not everybody has to be an usher in the church to serve God. Not everybody has to. We, if we all do the same thing, there's going to be a problem. The question is, where do you start? I'm sure some of us have that question this morning. How do you start? You see, the Bible explains something to us in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. I'll read from New Living Translation. It says, it makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Ephesians 4, 16. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The question is, if, do you know where you, how to start serving God? Ask yourself, what do you enjoy naturally doing? What do you enjoy to do naturally? So maybe for instance now, you know, we held a program about two weeks ago 
And uh, the reason most of you did not know that for years we've not been able to hold that program. Just one brother in church who is into selling food material, who demonstrated faithfulness, was able to use that gift. You see, he's not a preacher. He's not, he's not a, he does not, I don't even know whether he can sing. But what he knows is that this is what he does for a living. He sells full stop. And we, I, I called him and said, we have this idea. We want to be able to do this and that. So, Pastor, I can be of help. You know, this, oh yeah, this is where we can get this food material. Go like this. Go like this. Go like this. And before you know it, we are able to organize a program. And now we are thinking of doing a bigger one in December. You see, for me, he has just started serving God. He's the servant of God right now. Because, you see, he has now used what he has to promote the, what, you know, what he has, what he enjoys doing. Is what he has started to use to promote the kingdom of God. You see, to start serving God is very easy. Start with what you enjoy doing. Oh, me, I know how to cook. Well, you can be a cook and know, begin to use your food for the glory of God. Because you know why? By the time the customer eats your food, you cook it well, not because you want to make money, but, and you have put tracts on all your table there. They come to your joints, they are eating, they are taking the tracts, alright? Maybe they have something to do. You say, you know, anytime we have anything to do in church, I, I, I just know how to cook, you know, I know how to cook, you know, and... Um, you may be surprised your cooking is a way of start, starting to serve God. Praise God. It's not easy at all. Oh, um, um, what I, I, you know, me, my, 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 my talent is that uh, I just like laughing. You, do you know that you're laughing? That laughing, me, can, oh, yes. There are things you just stand at the door and just laugh. <laughs> you walk up. That laughter that has just been making people laugh, you start laughing people into Christ. Laughing, just laugh. <laughs> or just stand there and laugh. Start with where you are. Just ask yourself, Lord, this is what I enjoy doing. And before you know it, God wants to use you at your level. That's with where you are. Just recognize God in that thing you are doing. And ask the Lord, this particular thing I'm doing, how can it bring glory to your name? Oh, you, you are the type you just like to drive. Oh, we have buses that can go around and just pick people every Sunday morning. Let me just drive and bring those children to church, bring people to church. And after you finish driving, you sit down. And after that, you go and drop them. You have started. You have started. Praise God. You can start today. You can start today. But by all means, the thing is, start with where you are. Identify what you love doing. That is God's gift for your life. You may not be able to preach. See, Joseph was not a pastor in Egypt. But yet, he used only the gift he knows how to dream. And he used that dream to win the king of Pharaoh to God. Do you know that Daniel never started any church in Babylon? Daniel never had a church in Babylon. He never had one pulpit to preach. Daniel never organized one crusade in Babylon. Yet, Daniel, as a Daniel chapter 4, turned the entire kingdom to God. Because why? He was a good businessman. And through his business, he turned many people to God. Well, I thought you would be very happy, you know. Without organizing one crusade, there is nothing God has given to you that he does not have a plan to use for his glory. Nothing. All you need to do is ask yourself, how can I use this gift to serve God? 
You, you are the type that you, you find that any moment in your hand is just shaking. You like pressing your phone. You like pressing your phone. Man, not everybody's hands shake when they are pressing phone like that. Since you know how to press phone, you can actually be a volunteer in church and begin to help us send text messages every Saturday. Start from there. Now you, are, you used to just press WhatsApp. Oh, you know how to do social media. You cannot be, okay, I can manage the social media handle of the job. What do you, just give me the image. I will promote it. They know me on social media. I will promote Jesus on that social media. Start from where you are. And I want to encourage you in this season. As the year is running to an end, don't let 2021 end without you deciding that now you will rise to serve God. There is a place for every one of us. There is a place for every one of us. I pray today that you will rise and take your place. I pray today you will rise and take your place. In everything you are doing, you can glorify God with it. Stand to your feet with me as we pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your voice and just bless the Lord for his word this morning. Just thank him. Just thank him this morning. Just bless his holy name. Thank him. Bless his holy name. It's our season to love our God. Is our season to live to fulfill our purpose. We will live to serve God. Everything we have is of Him. Lift your voice and just recognize Him again. Lift your heart and say, My Father, I am yours. Oh, I am yours. I am yours. Lord, I am yours. Remember how He has loved you. Remember how He has been God and good to your life. Remember how He has been gracious to you and just declare to Him that, Oh God, I know I've been far from you. I know other things have taken me away from you, but I have come to declare that you are my Lord. I am yours. Come on, restate the Lordship of God around your life, over your life again. Restate the Lordship of God over your life. Say, Lord, you are my God. You are my Father. I love you. Tell him how much it means to you. Say, oh Lord, I want to fulfill my purpose. My purpose is to glorify you. To serve you with my life. I know I've not been faithful, but right today I repent. I want to love you more lord i want to live my life to bring glory to you lord i want to do the things that you love the more lord have mercy on me lord have mercy on me lord yet i am oh god i want to do more for you more for you lord more for you lord oh thank you jesus 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 you know i love that song Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moment and my let them flow in Caesar's place. Let them ceaseless praise can you sing it again take my life and let it be Lord take my life and let it be and let it be oh consecrated Lord to thee take my moment take Sing it one 
it back to him. Consecrate it, Lord. so far from God your life has been all about you all about what you want to achieve not how what you want to achieve for God but today you realize you've been living a selfish life you realize that the devil has deceived you into focusing on yourself and forgetting God today you want to say pastor I want to rededicate my life to God I know you are here Maybe somebody just brought you to church for the first time or today you have been in church for some time. But you know that, you know, it is time you rededicate your life to God and make it a life that is centered around God. Perhaps you have not even given your life to God at all before. You are a sinner. You know you've been living in a way that you don't even consider God in everything you have been doing. You've been living your life to please yourself. You have, you don't, you have been hurting God. But today you want to say, I want to give my life to God. Or I want to reconsecrate my life to God. Wherever you are this morning, I know that there are these two categories of people here this morning like that. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to, I want to, I want to join you as we humbly come back to God. The owner of our lives. The one who gives us everything. Life is all about Him. So you want to say, Pastor, I want to really pray this prayer. Now, you will need to be bold because the devil will not want you to pray that prayer. It's a prayer that the devil does not want you to pray as long as you live. It will make you afraid. It will make you timid. It will make you think everybody is thinking about you. But when you were giving birth to all of us were not there. This is now that moment between you and God where your life is all about him. So you want me to pray for you? You want to consecrate your life, rededicate your life, or you want to give your life to Jesus? I want to just place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you right now. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. There's the best thing you can do. God bless you. You are making the best decision this morning. Right now, with your hands on your chest, I want you to say these words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. To humble myself before you, Lord. I acknowledge that my life belongs to you. Everything about my life, all that I own and have, belongs to you. Today, Heavenly Father, I've come to give my life. I've come to rededicate my life to you, Lord Jesus. So today, Lord Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. I give my life to you today. I rededicate my life to you today. Come and take your Lordship in my life. Be the Lord over every aspect of my life. And use me for your glory. I thank you for everything I am and I have. 
Now I ask that you use them all for your glory. And let my life bring glory to you. Help me to love you more. In Jesus name. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those who prayed this prayer from the depth of their heart. You say, if any man will call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. You say, come unto me and you will not cast us away. Men may reject us, but you have never given up on us. You have made our ears to hear this message to remind us of our purpose. So Lord, I pray today, all those who have rededicated their life to Christ and all those who have given their life to Christ, from today, make them a living testimony, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for what you have done. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, if you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, can you just come here? I want to pray for you. Just take a step of it. I want to quickly pray for you. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, come forward right now. I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those of you place out your hand on your chest. God bless you. Just come out very quickly. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, just come. I want to pray for you. Just come outside. I want to pray for you. Don't let the devil hold you back. Come. I want to pray for you. I'm waiting for you now. I'm waiting for you. Today is a day of new beginning. If you pray from the depth of your heart, just come. I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray for you. Father, Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and it will lift you up. These are they who have come to give everything over to you, Lord. To humble themselves before you. Now, Lord, usher them into a season of a lifting up, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I know this is the dawn of a new day in their life. A new chapter has started where their life will bring glory to you, Lord. Where their life will point men to you, Lord. Where they will center their life around you. Father, I ask that you will strengthen them in this new phase of their lives. In the name of Jesus. Those who gave their life to you, those who rededicate their life to you, Lord. I pray that you will strengthen them to flourish in their walk with you, oh God. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, oh God. For what you have done. Thank you for what you have started. I return all the glory to you Lord. In Jesus precious name we have prayed. Shout amen. I want to congratulate you. I want to know that you have done a very fantastic thing with your life. And I want to just stay in touch with you. Pray with you. Follow you up. You are going to be hearing from my team this week by the grace of God. You see that sister there. She's just going. Please just follow her. Just follow her very quickly. Within two minutes, she will just say something I've asked her to say to you. Then you can come back inside. Hallelujah. Please, can you just follow that sister? God bless you. God bless you. Glory be to God. Everybody, can you lift up your hands? Father, I pray for everybody today that will live our life to bring glory to you in the name of Jesus. As we step into this week, it will be all about you, Lord. Every business will bring glory to you. Every career will bring glory to you. Everything we do will point men to you, Lord. I pray that you will fill us with wisdom. That that talent you have given to us, that thing we find easy to do. Lord, give us the wisdom to now begin to use it for your glory in the name of Jesus. Help us to function in your house. To do that which you want us to do, Lord. For in Jesus' wonderful name we have prayed. Shout a louder, amen. Put your hand together for Jesus. You may please be seated. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Are you going to live to fulfill your purpose? Glory be to God.
The Lord is going to help us to fulfill this purpose, to use this life God has given to us for his glory. Hallelujah. Now it's time to give our money to God. It belongs to God. And um, as you give your tithe this morning, as you give your offering, give with the mindset. Listen, you should not give because you want to be blessed. You should never give to God because you want to be rich. You should give to God because you love him. Greatest gift flows to those who love. I don't give to my children because I want, I want to be blessed or I want to be rich. I give to my children because I love them. So every gift you give to God should primarily have that foundation that my money belongs to God. And I'm only giving back to him out of what he has given me to enjoy. So you will, it will make you give the very best. Don't let us follow all these games. Give so that you can get 100,000. Give so that you can get 20,000. It's a lie. God gives us riches, but that is not the purpose of giving to God. We give to God because we love him. And nobody needs to promise us 100,000 before we give. We give because we know that everything we have belongs to him. With this in mind this morning, I want you to bring out your offering as you honor the Lord with it your tithes, your offering, package, all that you, you want to give to him. And as we give him the very best this morning, glory be to God. Now, can you lift them up? Can you lift them up? Father, we thank you because it is a privilege to give back to you, Lord. We want you to know that we love you. We celebrate you in our life. There is nothing we have that we have not received of you, Lord. Money cannot own us. We refuse to serve money. Our life belongs to you. Our money belongs to you. Now be honored even as we give, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Whilst the offering basket will pass in the congregation, I want you to just quickly, don't worry, guys. Oh, please just pass the offering basket. Just wait. Okay. I want to quickly uh, make one or two announcements before we close. Next Sunday is Be My Guest Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, it's an opportunity to serve God this week. Now, you have a friend who has not been going to church or somebody who has been going to church, but you know, you just want them to hear um, the word of God. You have customers who come to your workplace. You have friends in your place of work. You are a driver. You are a restauranteur. Uh, you are a business person. This week, you have the opportunity to say, be my guest in the house of God. Hallelujah. So next Sunday is going to be a very special day where is Be My Guest Sunday. You are going to go out of your way. I will go out of my way to tell our friends, hey, just be my guest in church. Now, there are people who invite people to club. There are people who invite people to burial. There are people who invite people for different purposes. You and I are going out there and as the ambassadors of God this week. To invite our friends to church. So it's going to be a special time where, where your friends, when they come to church next Sunday, will be treated into experiencing the church life. And I want you to really target those who don't go to church. Target those persons you know that on Sunday is sleeping, playing football, or moving around. You know, go the extra way. Pay somebody's tea fair. Tell them, I will pay for your bike to come to church. I will pay for your Uber to come to church. I will do anything for you. Go and wash their clothes. Iron their clothes just to come to church. This week, go the extra mile to bring somebody to Christ this week. And tell the person, be my guest. Start calling them from today. And tell you, it's be my guest Sunday. Amen. So I want you to follow me to church. Will you do that for the Lord's sake? Now, every gift you have, be it your business, your laughter, your career, your anything you have, 
your boots, your hands, your cooking. Use it. Go and be nice to that gate man. Say, gate man, you are going to dress up to follow me to church next Sunday, okay? Go and talk to your security man everywhere. Go do something good for God this week. Will you do that for God this week? So it's be my guest. And as you do that, you are going to be happy because you have started now serving God. Because the greatest thing is to be a servant of God. Hallelujah. Will you have someone to be your guest this week? And uh, so sit by your guests next Sunday, bring them to church. Even I will be waiting, all of us will be waiting to celebrate all of our guests as we do be my guests Sunday together. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If today is your first Sunday here, you want to, before we close this first service, we want to recognize your presence because, and um, we want to tell you we love you, we want to celebrate you. If today is your first Sunday, see, we have a smiling team waiting to welcome you, waiting to tell you we love you. All right, so today just, just wave your hands to me. If today is your first Sunday here. Today's your first Sunday. Can you wave your hands to me? Today's your first Sunday. Anybody like that? Anybody like that? Today's your first Sunday. Anybody like that? Okay. Nobody like that. Oh, okay. You are waiting for second service. Fantastic. All right. In case today is your first Sunday or you are waiting for second service, we are going to make all that altar call and it's going to be a great time. Remember, you cannot do life alone. Together is better. So 5 p.m. today, there we have all the various small group, royal care group. Where it, and now we are going to even, we are going to start streamlining it. Those of you who are business people, we will want to start having businessmen group, businesswomen group. We want to start having a um, um, group for career people. So, but... In the, in the meantime, make sure that this evening by 5 p.m., look for the nearest fellowship center. Connect with fellow believers like you. If you don't have one, come to church by 5 p.m. If you're a man or if you're a woman, there are other women like you and uh, who are waiting to connect with you by 5 p.m. today. And uh, you will not regret making that decision. It is time to start serving God because together is what? Is better. Hallelujah. Can you stand to your feet with me this morning? Say with me, I will live my life to serve God. I will fulfill my purpose as long as I live. My purpose is to love my God and to bring glory to Him. This week, I will bring glory to Him by making Him known among all my friends and everywhere I go. Father, I thank you for your people, Lord, as they go into this wonderful week. May the hand of the Lord go with you. May you live to fulfill your purpose this week. May the preservation hand of the Lord keep you from every danger and every evil. You will go out in peace and you will return in peace. This week, may the Lord supply all your needs. May the Lord give you wisdom to profit. This will be a week of overwhelming joy for you. In the name of Jesus, go and be blessed. Go and do well. Go and prosper. And above all, go and fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Remember, well, how do you begin to serve God? Begin with serving Him with what you enjoy. So whatever you enjoy, start serving Him with it this week. Let's share the goodness one to go. Surely, goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our lives. And we are dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Our royal confession of faith and the royal. I enjoy the best. I'm a child of the king. I can never be defeated. Lions are falling unto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. It's my your supernatural advancement. I'm waxing great. I'm going forward. I will keep on growing until I'm exceedingly great. I am really graced. I'm above only.
Tell your neighbor, life is sweet when, it, when we serve God with it. Oh, tell at least three people, say, life is sweet when you serve God with it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have testimonies, please go outside and there's somebody outside to attend to you. Amen. Amen. Let's rise up as we worship the King of Kings. your hands to the omnipotent omniscient God. He's the reason we are here. He's the I am that I am. I call him Waymaker. He's immortal. He's the immortal redeemer. He's our shield. He's our buckler. Come and worship him. Call him those beautiful names you know. If you want to speak in the spirit, you can, you're free. Just connect, connect with him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's the rose of Sharon. Oh, my camp, Sabua. Jesus. Is the lily of the valley? Is the sun coming king? I like that, you know?